This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Welcome to The The Wrestler Wrestler Review. Review. Ladies and gentlemen, it is... It is hot, hot in August, all right? It is so fucking hot. Oh, yeah, fuck me, because we're doing We're terrible at improv. Paper. Get ready to put on blackface on half your body, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. Um, The entire month of August will be dedicated to... Hot Rod. Roddy Piper. Roddy Tombs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be quite the adventure. Why are we doing Roddy Piper? Because we are in Edinburgh, Scotland doing The Fringe, Dylan. Yeah. So uh, while we're doing that, you'll be hearing all of these episodes uh, dealing with a man who I'm going to say it, did the most cocaine of any wrestler in the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) Any casual anecdote. Yeah. Just has Roddy Piper. A lot of people think... Uh, Every single one of his anecdotes when he tells it, by the way, oh, he doesn't say that I punched a guy. He always goes, oh, and then a guy fell down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that... Uh, I love all the stories about how Roddy Piper ruined his body. It's just like... Because they say your body starts falling apart basically at 30, and Roddy Piper puts that into practice that, oh no, if you still if you get in a car crash every three months, then yes, your body starts falling apart yeah, at 30. If you, you can also just have a couple teas and maybe maybe stay in a night or two. From all appearances, a man who was very ripped but never seemed to go to a gym. Yeah. It, oh no, he, uh, well, that was the, a lot of the stuff I've read about him is the anecdotes end with him passed out and have you ever heard the first time the big show met him no skipping ahead to like the third episode but the first time the big show <laughs> we're met teasing him, it he wrote all right so he rode in essentially uh he goes to this hotel where they're supposed to be staying for wcw and then the lady notices he's huge mm-hmm. he's the giant at the time and he comes in and he's like okay well and the lady goes oh well you're huge so like we have a suite for you with if you need a bigger bed. You need a bigger bed. And he goes, oh, thank you so much, man. So he goes up to his suite, and then he sees, like, there's just four empty bottles of NyQuil, and he's like, what the fuck? Roddy Piper is, sat, is like, naked on the bed with his ass up. <laughs> just like, in the room. Literally sleeping in the please fuck me position. <laughs> and then apparently for the rest of the, his life, Roddy Piper was like, you could have fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> you could have fucked me. And, like, because he was, like, so used to ribbing or whatever. Yeah. Basically, Roddy Piper's but- life is this. Um... Born. Constantly. No, wait, let me do it. Born. Meets father. Father. Yeah. Beats him up. <laughs> father. Stir no. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. looks at him and goes, no. If I could define Roddy Piper's relationship with his family, it is the phrase, absolutely never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his dad. Well, basically, if you want to go through Roddy Piper's uh, life, he was born in Saskatchewan. And the weird thing is, he. To an RCMP officer in. Yes. The time before the 90s when they absolutely went in and like re-socialized the RCMP in that area, in those areas, because they were like, oh, we've just let madmen with guns police an area (laughs) of the country that we have no way of watching. Yeah. What do you mean you have a room full of skulls? What do you mean all the criminals work for you? What do you mean you just held a gun to a kid's face? (laughs) 
basically Roddy Piper's uh, childhood can best be summed up with if you just Google bully beats up nerd. Uh, that yeah. until 15. Yeah. He just essentially got beat up in rural Canada. Um, and then there's Al- there's ba- there's a lot of stories about him how he like hung out with native kids and that's why he got beat up and then he got beat up by the native kids because he was white. And also there's the one of the things is his family basically disowned him because he got found to be cavorting with a native woman. Now to sort of understand Canada is that everyone talks about how Australia is really racist and terrible towards their Aboriginal people. At least Australia has apologized and done things like acknowledged that it happened well in canada this is what it is okay uh you be a native person i will be the canadian government i could shut up (laughs) (laughs) didn't happen didn't happen no 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 get in our school wear the headdress we don't wear headdresses now you do yeah hey how are you i don't care (laughs) you're gonna go with these catholic church ministers why are they in rural canada oh it's where they're hiding the pedophiles they're going to fuck you I don't know if this happened explicitly, but the relationship Canada had with its native people is, I don't know, watch a SmackDown where John Cena beats up Tatanka. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're coming back. No, they are not. And he's telling him to suck his dick. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, think of how most wrestlers uh, treat the legacy of uh, Chief J. Strongbow. Yeah. Disrespectful. And mostly just tell you that it's because he's Jewish. That's why. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, that's the fun thing about uh, Roddy Piper is he essentially will gloss over his childhood, but it was bad. It was real bad. Yeah. And it really colors the rest of his life. If you read anything on the guy, because anytime anyone is like touches his ass, he beats the fucking shit out of him. Or it's anything like it's amazing. And this is really glossing over. But as he sort of crystallizes his worldview and also his a his approach to wrestling you see why he was able to do things like be the first big heel for hulk hogan even though he was so much smaller than him yeah because he has an energy and an ability to make the entire world fucking hate his guts but in a way where you're like i respect that he just beat up a woman named cindy lopper like there's something about yeah well he also is he's um and he's cute really early on like basically the earliest piper promo and i think it's why um People will say that CM Punk is a lot like Roddy Piper, and I think it's really, really apt because yeah. CM Punk, you can watch his work rate and be like, oh, this guy is good, but he's not great. He's just good, and but his promos are amazing, and Piper's the exact same way where it's like you watch, like I've watched matches that were hailed as classics with him, and I'm like... Yeah, I mean that's okay. The thing with for but for the time I assume it was amazing. But it's also the thing with Roddy is Roddy's amazing ability is he talked them in the building. Like, yes. If you watch the build up of things that he was doing in the NWA, things he was doing in Florida, he would make them do different things. So he would come in, I think it was the Florida territory, where for three months he just pretended to be a color commentator. Yes. And then slowly was just fucking picking on everyone then someone snapped and then he just fucking started beating the shit out of people and it's that way of it just he builds up a rapport with the audience so they're like that's my guy and then anything he does in the ring you're like oh my guy did something even though it's not that great of a worker i think it was florida he also they also used it in carolina to get him into a program with rick flair yeah um, and everything to- also remember if we're going back is roddy is one of those guys that bridges old school and new school in the way that flair is the big bridge between territory days and corporate wrestling that we're in now well roddy is the last guy who was like 
carnival folk arena wrestling. Because mm-hmm. he started as, he was a piper in a carnival. Yeah. And then they were like, Larry the Axe Henning needs to beat up a twink. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing is, uh, he really starts, and it's kind of a weird thing where he starts out uh, wrestling in uh, in Canada. Um, uh, yeah, although, you know, I got to go into Canada. Yeah, okay. But it's like he moves from, and this is explicit, and I apologize. He grew up in a religious upbringing in the 50s. Yeah. It's so, uh, believe in God, yeah. Oh, they're going to touch my dick. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes into professional wrestling in the 70s, which is, oh, it's just a, it's just a rib. You woke up and I'm fucking you. <laughs> ah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, sure. I pwned Larry the Axe Henning and I'm possibly Kurt Henning's mom, but that's not a... <laughs> <laughs> that's only one thing you got to know about me. <laughs> But it's just like, yeah, you watch the guy's promo, and he so clearly had a horrible child. Like, he has the personality of someone that was adopted. Yeah, and, and he just also, left on a curb. And, and you like, can also see... Raise yourself. Here's a knife. <laughs> yeah. But not the handle, just the blade. You yeah. don't deserve handles. Well, and the other thing is, he starts regularly carrying a knife pretty much immediately into his wrestling career. But again, this is, again, the time in territory wrestling where... It was you were going into these smaller markets where people believed it was real. Yeah. And they would try and kill you. Yes. Well, because his first major. All right. So he starts out. He's in Oregon. He goes to Oregon. And the thing is, is also, he also has that very much sign of someone with abuse, which is if you show anything remotely close to politeness to him. Then he's like, oh, this guy's the greatest guy ever. I will never, like, (laughs) like, supposedly he would not work WWF shows in the Oregon area. Like yeah, until of, he died. Yeah. Because he's like, I know Donald Owens was good to me. I'm gonna be good to Donald Owens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? The, but that's the other thing is uh he basically gets so he starts out uh doing just like re- weird runs in Canada, mostly as a jobber, because as you'll see he's, ti- he's like by the way, it's not like he's twenty one and been through OVW. He's a fucking fifteen year old who was in yeah. a pipe band. Yeah. Who wasn't told it was fake right away. Like it was like it was I don't know if it was the first one. Yeah, Larry Henning just really beat up a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, Larry Henning just attacked a man. Yeah, he just committed some child abuse, and uh, they were like, here's $20 for your punches to the face, sir. Here's the thing that I always sort of wonder. How the fuck are Harley Race and fucking Larry the Axe Henning still alive, and yet everyone else is dead? Because they drank scotch. <laughs> like, that's a... Have you watched a recent interview with Harley Race? Well, Harley is an old man. He has dementia, and no one is acknowledging it. Like he clearly has dementia. Yeah, but that's—I mean, for sure. But the other thing is, this is like Larry the Axe Henning. Here's all his matches. Every Larry the Axe Henning waist lock, forearm shiver, forearm shiver. What's your finishing move? Well, it's a trip. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it because it don't fall down. That's yeah. my gimmick. My gimmick is I'm tired. Yeah, I'm the axe. Why? Because I'm difficult to wield and traditionally only used by drunk men. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing with Piper where it's like uh, if Roddy Piper was around now, he would have been like, I don't know, CM Punk AJ Styles or he would have been like, oh, everyone's no. really mad mm-hmm. at me. I fell directly on the top of my head. My neck's broken. Oh, let's just take some go away pills until this is a problem. He would be like, he would be the equivalent of Brian Pillman, Sandman. Sandman? 
hear me out in that they're guys he's he's the sort of classic example of you don't need to put a title on him you don't even need him to get in the ring yeah you just need him to show up and say or do something no one remembers the match at wrestlemania 6 between him and bad news brown everyone remembers the fact that he was in blackface and danced around the reason why by the way took me a little bit of digging he was trying to make fun of michael jackson oh yeah no because he he tried this is the fun part well, no, we're not getting. We're not getting to that. Okay, yet. well, let's talk. Okay, so a couple he's, he's going through, and he's going into the. No, he's going into the territories, basically. Yeah, he was trained by. The other thing is, he's trained by Gene Labelle, mm. and the reason why Gene Labelle is kind of sticking to uh, him, judo, Gene Labelle. <laughs> the reason why a Gene, man who does not look like he even he would not consider martial arts a thing because he's like, I don't do art. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's a weird link there, but he, he's trained by judo, Gene Labelle, essentially because. The, he's a small kid, so he's a small kid, and he's an 18, and he's still one of the top stars in the company. Everyone resents that because at this time, you're pretty much not the top star in a territory until you're like 36 and up. And But the thing is, it actually shows some hindsight in Don Owen in that it's the smart thing of, yeah, you put the kid on top, that's an inspirational story for all the people watching at home. Oh, no, this is, I'm talking about like California. Oh, this is when he, oh, when he gets to LA. Because this is, and then he's the LA the, thing is hilarious. Yes, okay, sorry. Because the LA thing, and there's so much, so much kind of like weird. By, by the candor. way, reading. Ro- he may or may not have been friends with Andy Kaufman. Yeah, but also reading the, like the Roddy Piper book, you also understand why Ric Flair is who he is, is that like in this time period, he's like, you just don't have a home. You're like, I'm going to go be in this place for a bit. Yeah, he lived in the motel from White Man Can't Jump for like <laughs> years. Yeah. The Flamingo Hotel. Yeah, where it's just like he would just be like, sometimes he would sleep in his car just so it was like a diversion. So if you rob his house, he can see who fucking did it. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, okay, all right, I'll find you, you crips. Over. You want to talk about blood? We're going to get some blood. <laughs> well, that it just colors the 90s because it's like, his kids in the 90s are essentially like, Dad, this isn't the 70s anymore. It's like, well, how how do you guys go to the grocery store without four fucking knives? <laughs> oh, Dad, can you drive us to school? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to learn how to read, you do it like I did in prison to try and figure out what the form you were signing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, he is also, he's put in prison. And also, you also have to understand something as someone who's been to LA. LA is the weirdest town in that that sort of behavior of like, oh, I sleep in my car so I can catch a burglar. It's like, yep, you would. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's too, the weather is too nice. Yeah. So any sort of behavior is suddenly just acceptable because it's a nice day. Yeah, and it's just a lot of people wandering. Like Canada has this good control where it's like no one gets too comfortable outside. Yeah, because winter's coming. Yeah, <laughs> winter's constantly coming. But uh, what I was cu- uh, cut off there for a bit, but I just want to mention he was put in prison basically because he didn't. He was so young dealing weed that he didn't understand that ratting people out to the cops was even a bad thing. The best. Yeah, he goes to a diner. Oh, it's so great. That he was, was just in Toronto like a, too. Yeah, he was like. Oh no! I told the cops they were weed dealers because I'm a weed dealer, and then I can deal more weed that way. Like, <laughs> he was like, he didn't understand, and everyone's like, "But then you're in the community." He's like, "Community? No, I deal weed. <laughs> I'm not part of a community." I got news for you. He is right. That's true, though. Like, I, I, I wrote this note down, so I just wanted to say it. The best way I can describe his uh, his childhood is 
if you've seen the trailer park boys mixed with little rascals but instead of playing dice he's like oh i lost dice stab 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 yeah. like this guy has been stabbed more than people who have as someone yeah, by the than way 50 who, cents been shot like as someone by the way who has gone through the is attempting to go through the visa acquisition process for the united states how this man is able to hold a green card with the amount of arrests. Oh man, he didn't have a green card forever. He just rode in the back, back and pretended to be asleep. Yeah, pretended to be asleep, and then one time they caught up with him and and, and, and the Sheik and yeah, Nikolai Volkov, and God. they were just still in character. And uh, Nikolai Volkov said America was bad, so they checked out the car. And then the Roddy Piper, the only person without a green card, was the only one believed they believed because he just said, he's like, I'm from South Carolina. And they're like, all right, you go. Yeah. <laughs> you go teen their fucking. <laughs> <laughs> teen these men yeah. are ravaging. You take this man from, I assume, Turkey and this other man from the red place. <laughs> Good luck being eaten by these animals. But, all right, so it's 1975. He goes into California. Yeah, bell bottoms are being worn. Yeah. Yeah, he's he calling himself the lean, mean fighting machine because he's like so much smaller than everyone else. Everyone else in this era is just Harley race, all forearms, no biceps. I I fucking got big because I helped my dad move for 13 years, like 300 pounds of just straight up fat. Yeah. And he's just this little kid. I'm uh, I'm the NWA champion Harley race. Everyone says I'm really good at promos. But all I really do is mutter things and say the word athlete in a very odd pr- I'm an athlete <laughs> everyone knows that I am an athlete now if you'll excuse me I'm going to wear a needlessly circusy themed jacket and an afro that's off-putting if you look at my face but not my hair I'm intimidating but as soon as you look at my <laughs> hair I'm just kind of like a guy who got out of prison and decided to be a birthday clown <laughs> the thing to remember about me is these aren't tattoos they just were there one day <laughs> I put my forearm in some ketchup at the keg. <laughs> I like ketchup on steak. <laughs> I'm a monster. The other thing to, of course, remember is that once you are married, anything you do with another man is not considered homosexual. It's just a way to not cheat on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the don't countsies, which is <laughs> the don't countsies. That's all I call my. That's 20s. the tag team that Harley and Roddy formed in 1978. Anyway, the year is 1975. Okay, so he's small, so basically all these guys are taking a lot of offense on him. Taking a lot of offense on him, and he's he's one of the top draws, so he's winning the matches at the end, but it's essentially like, it's like Kalisto when he beat Braun Strowman. It just kind of happens. And yeah. it's like, oh, Kalisto won, but Braun Strowman threw him into the first row, and then he got a roll-up. So that's yeah. all the moves, right? And uh, so Gene LaBelle basically says, like, if these guys are taking, like, a bunch of liberties with you, he just teaches them how to wrestle and just beat the shit out of them and basically be like, you're not doing this. Yeah. Ha ha, I got you. Okay, goodbye. But it starts the whole pattern of, which carries on the WWF, of Roddy comes in, they think he's too small, he's a manager, and he's a manager for Johnny Rods. Yeah, he is. Trained Taz. Um, he's manager for Johnny Rods. Red Hook, New York. Who's doing like an Islamic gimmick because he ta- he tans? Oh <laughs> That's God! What he needed to do. Oh no! Because I, I I I'm surprised his name in the 70s. If someone who's doing a Muslim gimmick isn't just like the bad man. <laughs> But that's the thing. So he comes into California. He's doing a great job. Like, you can look up Roddy Piper Chavo Guerrero. And 
imagine this. This guy is three years into wrestling when he's doing it. Now, the only thing that changes about Roddy Piper really into the 80s even is that he gets his hand mannerisms down because he starts out doing the Muhammad Ali like chop thing. Yeah. Just pointing like like that, which is, I think that's that's a Dusty Rhodes thing. Mm. That's a fucking superstar Billy Graham thing. He does the cadence. It's a gorgeous George thing, by the way, yeah. is where it all comes yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... I think he was like cross paths with like Ali's manager as well. Like, uh, I forget what the girl's name was. I thought it was the trainer. The um, oh, what the fuck's his name? Angelo Dundee. No, I mean like she basically sees a lot of potential in Roddy, and I was like, "You have the gift of the game." Because like immediately, this guy's the best promo you've ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, like Hogan took a while. Roddy Piper. <laughs> Did not. And the thing is, and this is another thing. And the other thing they also have to remember in the territory days is he was also willing to do crazy fucking shit. Like, yes. Smash a beer bottle over his head for absolutely no reason. That's, no, that's, here's what it starts out with is he starts realizing, like, oh, these guys are all uh, Mexican. What I'm going to do is uh, be a piece of shit. (laughs) So he does an interview. He's like, he does something really horrible to Chavo Guerrero. Um, and says a bunch of ignorant stuff about uh, Mexican people. And then he's like, do you know what? I am sorry. Next week, I'm going to interview your mother. And then he next week, he interviewed his mother, who was a donkey painted like look a zebra with a sombrero on. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like... <laughs> and then it's so funny. Like, oh I didn't my understand God. why people thought Roddy Piper was funny because he kind of like in the 90s and like when I got to know him, he crossed into this like weird... Y2J Chris Jericho era where it's like Chris Jericho was really funny in WCW as the Lionheart Chris Jericho and then he went to WWF and was a babyface and they were like oh no he's funny look how funny he is and well that's the problem starts is being really lame the, the Fed is not good at they're not good at making anyone that isn't Stone Cold Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan they don't know how to do something that the NWA was actually very good at of giving someone room to develop and just be like yeah. okay this will be their portion of the show and we'll let them take care of it for 10 minutes do you know what i'm yeah. saying and roddy is very much that guy that's why we're jumping ahead but his promos are always sort of they have an event type atmosphere to it the way that the commentators shift how they're speaking the thing of that oh next week i'm gonna do this and then has nothing to do with wrestling but now there's a so much heat on Whatever matchup he's going to have, the crowd, if they're Mexican, immediately hates him. Let's be honest. It's the 70s in California. Any white people are like, that guy's right. Yeah. he. The best part is the follow-up to that. He apologizes again. And apparently Chavo Guerrero wasn't informed of this and literally was pissed off because he was like, my mom's been nice to you, man. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> like, Roddy Piper essentially like loves his mom but also doesn't talk to her because he... Kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's, yeah, he grew up in, he basically was a pod. Um, <laughs> he was found in a pod in Saskatchewan. Why, what are you doing with your arms wrapped around that person who birthed you? <laughs> Why I lay regular. Yeah. Why did you do that thing I do to women to your dad? <laughs> so I was implying that he kissed his dad on the cheek, not yeah, fucked yeah, his yeah, dad, yeah, by the way. Oh, he fucked his dad. Yeah. He fucked my dad. Any affection. Why would you do that thing with, you mean a handshake? Yeah, I don't get it. Um <laughs> So the next week he comes out and to apologize is going to play the Mexican, uh, the National Anthem of Mexico on the bagpipes and then starts playing La Cucaracha. <laughs> and immediately, 
uh, this is according to of course the book which is written by his kids which is always like you're gonna like your dad's a hero if your your kid's writing the book which is nice but anyway um which he which is. is oddly ni- a nice read because it's like oh he never had a family but then he made one that liked him um but so basically if you ever seen like i watched all these abdullah the butcher versus bruiser brody matches in puerto rico and literally it's like they have a piece of rope yeah, supposed to make people not go past. By the and way, if people start going past. The military starts gun gun, butting uh, them with the machine guns. guns. Yeah. yeah. And also, by the way, you, you you need to stress when Dylan says rope, he means like a piece of twine. Like yeah, it's one piece of twine. It's pr- in its diameter or no circumference. Its thickness yeah. is like maybe a centimeter. Like it's how, fucking tiny. I don't. I haven't seen this over here, but definitely it's in Canada where it's how Italian grandparents grow tomatoes. Like it's Absolutely correct. Twine on a hockey stick. Yeah. Don't yeah, go yeah. past. Yeah. Which like, I'm not going to ruin these nice tomatoes, but you know, anyway, so. In a similar way, by the way, if you touch an Italian man's tomatoes in Toronto, he will gun butt you. Oh, he'll kill you. Yeah. No questions asked. You'll be like, I'm sorry, you die, no. <laughs> yeah, Mario. <laughs> They're all Mario. What about the women? Hey, Luigi. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, so my point is... That How is that the most racist thing in the podcast so far? We talked about a man... We're going to get to the fact that Roddy Piper so customized shirts were, and he wore just straight out white power on them. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. The white power. But um, so the my point is the military, who's the reason why people aren't rushing the ring, are like, uh, oh, fuck this. This guy's a dick. And just let people run in the ring. And he just had to walk out through and he can keep in mind this is a teenager and he's just getting stabbed repeatedly yeah which colors his the rest of his life he legitimately believes this angle like he doesn't understand the 90s that no one's gonna stab him yeah it's also keep in mind like when he was sent to puerto rico this is jumping ahead but when him and flair became friends friends goes flair does two nwa title defenses in puerto rico um first one it was super crazy, but he escaped. The second one, he's like, I'm bringing back You're skipping him. ahead a bit because this is like the 80s. I think. This is the 80s, but I'm just to, to illustrate your point of how fucking far Rodney would push it. Is there in a fucking soccer stadium? As they're driving to the ring, there were people selling rocks to throw at the wrestlers. And he's yeah. brought Roddy as muscle. And Roddy's like, and Rick is like, just keep it cool out there. He's like, oh, you got it, pal. And then, <laughs> and and then, then walks, starts a riot. walks to the ring with an American flag, sings the entire anthem, yeah. and then trips the other wrestler, and the military points a bunch of guns at him. And then at that moment, Flair literally just lays in the ring, makes the other guy cover him. Yeah. And they just leave. And Rodney forgot to agree to a price, so they pay him in a spittoon filled with cocaine. The, best th- the other uh, thing I had heard about that was they were like, it was just a question. I don't know if Piper asked it or someone else, but they someone asked like, "Hey, all the wrestlers are getting stabbed on the way to the ring. Why don't you just like move the fans back so that they have a clear path to the ring?" And then the promoter said, "Those are top selling seats." Yeah, it's like the people pay hundreds of dollars to stab those wrestlers, and I need their money. <laughs> it was, I love professional wrestling in the seven. The Cologne family and Victor Jovica of Puerto Rico are ter- like. They literally were like, Bruiser Brody got stabbed by a guy that they employed. And then they were like, well, this won't be good for business. Better make sure he's found innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Stabbed in the showers. All right. So it's the 70s. He's still in California. This is also, by the way, where he first meets Pat Patterson. And something happened with Pat Patterson that he implied that. And he later said, no, he didn't fuck me. 
But whenever he talks about Pad Patterson, he's like, oh, I was a young man and he doesn't like me no more because I talk to him. It's like, what I'm, the fuck happened? Here's the weird thing about uh, Piper is that essentially, and this kind of like is another creepy thing, is that he calls Gene LaBelle his dad. Like any nice man, man who's older than him, he calls his dad. Like he says he has like a bunch of dads. Yeah. Well, because he's also, he is the young, like, we're comedians. We also know the type of comedian that he would be. Yeah. In that it's, that they show a lot of promise. They spike really huge in the beginning because they have all this potential and fucking pain to draw from to make comedy out of. Yeah. But then very few of them are able to get past that. They usually get marred in sort of that uncanny valley right after that. And I think Piper was able to pull himself out of that in wrestling because he kept finding new father figures to impress. He was also so uncannily good at such what became such a huge part of wrestling. That was not a big part of it then. Like yeah. he was very much part of the innovation of pushing towards promos being an essential part of wrestling. Yeah, and he had like a really weird character where he shows up in a kilt, which at the time people are that guy's gay. I hate that. And then he's like, You guys are shit. He's like, I'm not shit. You were in a skirt, buddy. You're fucking gee. That's bad. And he's like, well, you're an inferior race. And they're like, I don't like that either. That's two things I don't like. Usually I can go on one. Because <laughs> uh, well, he leaves California and goes to the... Portland? He then goes to Portland, then Portland to Carolina. He does a stop, quick stop off in San Francisco. And this also starts... California and Portland also start this weird thing where Piper... This is a weird thing where it was before stables, really. So he was so small, they felt they always had to have someone else with him. So he would like tag with Killer Brooks. He would tag with Rick Martel. And it's this weird It's thing. interesting because that is something that he then conti- always continued. He always exactly. had guys but around him. But it's before him. stables. So even in the WWF, it's not like Piper's fellas. It's like Roddy Piper is bodyguard is bob orton jr and he hangs out with mr wonderful yeah like there's never that's why the four horsemen are so it's so weird that it took so long for people to do that like well, let's they, label and market this thing but instead they, of just the, having but three the four horsemen weren't out. the first one there was also devastation incorporated there was also the Freebirds. there was examples yeah, there was legion of, of doom as well with like um because yeah the legion of doom the road warriors came out of something called the legion of doom yeah with jake roberts yeah and kevin sullivan yeah and paul ellering i think was a wrestler in it yeah and then yeah, came in and, and then was like, you know, instead of being a wrestler, I'm just gonna wear a. Uh, I'm just gonna have the Wall Street Journal and, and a kimono for inexplicably no reason. Yeah, and Piper has this really great thing, where he would, and this is the weird thing about people would say like, oh, they all improv their promos. There was no script, and that's why it was very good. Well, Piper had this weird cadence where what he would do is he would essentially have notes, and he uh, and no, he would repeat how- the guy's name. He would repeat. His opponent's name. How did he write his notes? Did you get to that? That's not in the book. I found that in a shoot interview. How did he write his notes? He would drink and drive. (laughs) Yes, he would. And with a notepad on his lap. Okay. And he would just start yelling shit out while he was driving by himself. And then when he would hit on something that he liked, he'd write it down. That's really interesting. There probably would have been a ton more less accidents <laughs> in the 70s if he just did this now because yeah. he would just have a voice recorder. Yeah, or if he just, you know, did it in a room as opposed to it, why he had, he's like, oh, no, you got to do it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. And also, I don't know why he made it clear that he drank and drive as well. Like, 
oh, okay, so what I've got to do first is I got to have a couple of beers. And then, okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, it's this weird murky thing where his gimmick is he's Scottish, but then he does a Loser Leaves Town match and comes back as the masked Canadian until he was unmasked. A lot like everyone does. Like, you've you literally like seen Like the Midnight Rider like, or Mr. America or... Ugh. Or uh, Juan Cena. Oh, Juan Cena? I don't even remember that. Juan Cena was after John Cena lost some contract match, and they had him on house shows as Juan Cena, which is great. Oh, is that when he lost to the Nexus? Yes. Ugh. And Portland also marks the first time where he has to play a babyface because it's the first time where the top guy in the territory, it's Playboy Buddy Rose, who who just lived like we should. Where he lived in his car with his two dogs and just like watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> All he would do is, and people would be like, "How is he? How is he still alive?" Because Playboy Buddy Rose, what he would do is, uh, he would just eat fast food all the time. He had diabetes, but he's like, "But I still like fast food." So we just ate, and then apparently the diabetes was like, "You win somehow, Buddy Rose's body. <laughs> <laughs> We're gone." And he just hung out with his two dogs, and then he had his dogs stuffed after they died. It's the creepiest yet. And he is the guy who lived the best. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Wrestling in the 70s is like comedy in Canada now. (laughs) Why are these homeless people inside? Ah, they're performing. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen... That t-shirt's too tight, and those pants are eight sizes too big. Yeah, he found one of the items, and then the other one he just woke up wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a yarmulke or just the top of a luchador mask? It's both. Yeah, he wasn't, but now he is. Which... Don't know. <laughs> so this is... Uh, and again, it's also Don Owens. The relationship that Piper had with Don Owens was very much solidified in this time period. And he never went against him. Like in the time where the WWE literally just was taking over every territory, Piper put a line in the sand and would not help him compete against Don Owens. Yeah. Wouldn't help in like facilitating a sale. So what Vince McMahon was doing when he started doing the takeover, which actually happened a lot. It started happening around 83. Basically, as soon as his father was fresh in the ground, he started this. Like, as soon as there was a beep noise and a doctor started saying the time, Vince was on the phone in the hospital being like, get me, Stu Hart. (laughs) (laughs) You fuck me, you fuck me, Vince. (laughs) Why is he offering just him, him or Brett? I don't I don't want to have sex with you or Brett. I don't see why you could. <laughs> I just know if you're going to fick me, Vince. <laughs> Lou Stewart's into consensual alpha male gay sex. <laughs> Stewart, I believe, was gay, but it was just to have the alpha-ness of like he would missionary guys and then look at their dicks and be like, that. look at that little thing. <laughs> <laughs> would, that why would he would you say missionary so he basically would just rub his dick on another man no he puts dick. his dick in their butt and then put his dick so big no, he, he puts his dick, his dick he missionary anals them and then <laughs> their dick is nothing that's too hard you get it doesn't even count it's a, long, it's a long clit with two tumors <laughs> loser uh by the way uh Stu Hart and Roddy Piper are best friends. Cousins. Really? Roddy Piper is the second cousin of the Hart family. Just to think if you think, well, man, that dysfunction really spread far in that Jeez fucking bloodline. Fucking Christ. 
Um, uh, yeah, I love my kids, but I'll never say it. No, excuse me. I'm going to go in the basement and beat up these children I met. Because <laughs> <laughs> Piper, so think of how mean, all right. Imagine, imagine Roddy Piper st- lost Street Kid, and now this anecdote is supposed to be funny. So this is one of the first times. This is the first time he meets Lord Alfred Hayes. Who? Oh, this is. If you'll read anything on Lord Alfred Hayes, he was king of the weird pranks. I would say a terrible man. Yeah, very British in a way where he's like, "Well, I didn't put my penis on you." Is that a good one? Was that a good impression? It was great. Um, but it's also Lord Alfred Hayes and Gene Okerlund are tied for, on television we seem nice, but if you meet us in any sort of darkened situation, it's going to get sexually very aggressive. Do you understand fear, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> you are about to. <laughs> <laughs> you will now learn fear. All right, so we're gonna get to prepare to meet your maker. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Very close personal friend. No, you're gonna do the Lord Alfred Hayes uh, anecdote. There'll possibly be some more Gene Okerlund okay. impressions. Okay, then we're gonna take okay. a break. So here's the so Roddy Piper <laughs> is Roddy Piper is talking to he's a young man and lord alfred i forget which territory this is but he's talking to the promoter and the promoters tell him what to do this is in oregon i think this is in oregon okay this is and then okay yeah we're doing that whatever okay and, yeah and go, 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 go to hand it, and he's like can you hold this for me and then piper's like okay puts his hand out still very focused on promoter very good listener and he feels that this thing in his hand is not moving but he's like whatever i gotta listen to promoter and then he looks down and it's lord alfred hayes's dick but apparently he would do this all the time where he'd be like, no, lo-. he's like, just tag me in, tag me low. That's how I like to come into the match, Lord Alfred Hayes would do. And then they'd, they'd take out his dick. And then he'd take out his dick and they'd just grab his dick, <laughs> which is such a weird <laughs> thing because it's like kids are at this thing and you're just showing your dick in a bunch of kids. <laughs> and apparently it was a fat dick. Yeah, of course it was. It doesn't work with small dicks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's even funnier if it's just a little. Yeah, but it have to be balls. You just have to put just balls in their hand. And then you can know what balls are. You'd know what balls are. All right, so try a. Uh, dear, could you please uh, help me molest you? <laughs> That's my Lord Alfred Hayes now. Talking to me now is the police. They don't have the evidence because I've bleached the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to help you out, sir, but I haven't heard of that woman I just killed. Oh, no. <laughs> My wife thing again. thinks that I know her name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone talks about Ric Flair being predatory towards stewardesses. I don't focus on people that have my name written down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with NWA Piper. NWA Piper, which for me is it's great, Piper, because the arrests in this period are so needless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, yeah, let me tell you, Rick, we'll just drive drunk, and when, anytime we stop at a stop sign, I'll push your car through. <laughs> <laughs> if I see a man with blood there, I'm going to kick him in his dick. Yeah. That was really bad. I hope I, uh, I, hope <laughs> I don't see the Briscoes in an airport, because I'll just fight them, even though they're my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to have a break right now. Now, 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 now. What a break we're having. Oh, such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, 
please rate and subscribe for the wrestler review. Of course, we also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And DylanAgot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. DylanAgot.com. Thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. Welcome back. I am not wearing trousers, but it looks like I am because I'm covered in the blood of a woman I met. (laughs) Coming up next, me murdering Kimberly. (laughs) Remember when Alex Trebek got my name wrong at WrestleMania 7? I call him every night at four in the morning and breathe deeply into the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Gene Okerlund isn't a serial killer like we think he is. It would make a lot of sense based on how anytime he's brought up in shoot interviews, it's like, oh, Gene Okerlund, there's people think he's nice. <laughs> Put that goddamn cigarette out on my dick. Yeah. That was the full clip <laughs> on my fucking cock. Make it burn. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. My dick with that cigarette. <laughs> my penis is five inches. Without the cigarettes I put in the dick hole, one inch. It's filled with cigarettes. (laughs) It's filled with old cigarettes. When I worked in the AWA with Vern Gagne, my payment was just to be able to watch his daughter pee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Speaking of watching someone's daughter pee, Roddy Piper goes to, he starts his first feud in Mid-Atlantic. He does one of these, what people think is his best promo work ever uh, with Mad Dog. What is it? Mad Dog Maine? I think it's Mad Dog Maine. Yeah. He does a four-minute promo where it's just him in the woods, and people say it's great, but keep in mind these are 1980s wrestling editing methods, so he- Wait, are you telling me that the camera work is slightly shoddy and there's no white balance, so everything comes across like it's a weird dream that was filmed in Europe? There's no- It's legit. There's no- bleeds it's just cuts so yeah. he he's going through the woods in a dog collar crawling whispering mad dog and then um okay have you seen this no okay we're gonna pause right now all right we're back we're 14 seconds into the mad dog main roddy piper um promo currently roddy so oh sorry i just interrupt what we're gonna do is uh line it up 14 seconds it's on youtube as georgia wrestling Awesome, awesome Roddy Piper promo. Awesome is all caps. So currently it has the vibe of a Timothy McVeigh home movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Rowdy Roddy Piper, I assume, he's hiding around some trees, um, looking like some sort of weird Halloween costume of a Navy SEAL. And we are going to start playing in three, two, two one. one. All right. Now he's moving from around the trees like the woman from the ring. Oh, as he gets closer, he's not actually dressed in a Navy yeah. SEAL costume. He's just wearing what I assume are the clothes he got married in. <laughs> he's wearing the classic. He's wearing the classic uh, Canadian tuxedo plus a dog collar around him. This is the advent of the dog collar match as well. So he's running, hide behind a tree. All of this. All of this is 
There's so much cocaine being used. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's also, he's got a ripped jacket. Okay, he ran towards the camera, then they just cut for yep. no reason. Now he just, he just popped just, out of a lake. He just popped out of a lake. In a completely different clothes. And he's just yelling, where's Mad Dog? Yeah. Now, the, for some reason, you see a truck, as if to imply he's in the truck. This being, of course, 70s wrestling, that's a big possibility that's his house. Oh, Roddy's actually behind the fucking wheel of the truck. All right, now the, here's the promo. So I'm looking for Mad Dog. He's wearing a different shirt completely. He's got his ear all taped up. Uh, he's wearing one glove. He's just slammed the truck door closed because he's afraid someone's going to get his jars. <laughs> now he's telling you exactly probably where he's going to go. Uh, mean Gene, by the way, is somewhere in the middle distance, very upset there's a camera crew <laughs> near his favorite hunting ground. <laughs> Rowdy is just taking out that chain, which, while he also uses it for a dog collar match, he also keeps it in the car because it, it, it functions as a, a piece of currency for street people. I'll trade you this chain, all right, for two cans of soup. <laughs> it's a great, great promo. And this is the first Roddy Piper promo that I've seen in the research for he does the panting thing. He goes, <laughs> so this is like him finding his voice. And as you can see, because of the dog collar, he's also like grounded himself, oddly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy just walking for a Sunday oh walk God. in the background. There's a guy... There's two black guys walking through a park in Georgia seeing a white man in a truck with a chain, and they're suddenly thinking, uh-oh. The this walk just turned into a run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's now taking out a bottle of beer. Oh, this is, the, uh, this, is the, this is when he gets it right. The amount of times he does this is so fucking ridiculous. So what he would do is he takes a bottle of beer and smashes it on his face. He did it one time in the studio in Atlanta, and he fucks himself up so badly. Oh, that one he was fine, actually. Yeah. That's the funny thing is... Oh, because he does he it... He did that trick loads of times, but there was a lot of... There was only one where he really fucked it up, and then that's the one that's everyone's seen on the internet, because that's how the internet works. Yeah. And then this dog is his mom's dog. <laughs> and his mom's dog is like... Keep, oh, keep, no. I wonder how long that dog... Oh, this is... All right, this is, this is the one where it's like... What the fuck is this? He's is hanging. he hanging? Yeah, he's hanging himself. This is fucking insane. Yeah, and that's the Roddy Piper. Oh, by the way, the YouTube comment, uh, the YouTube videos that are recommended are a bunch of Roddy Piper promos and then erased the tragic story of Chris Benoit. Yeah, exactly. He's not, don't worry, he's not a Heidenreich. He's not a Chris Benoit truther. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But then that's Roddy Piper. That's how that's how he got his uh, start doing. He does the bottle thing, which obviously they wouldn't let him do in, in the Fed. In the Fed. Okay, Vince. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take a bottle and hit myself with it of actual beer near kids. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you like the idea, Vince? What's also interesting is this is also this is very much a time where everyone wants the NWA title. He does win championships in Mid Atlantic and other places, but. It, Already, he's. It's not a focus on him getting any sort of belt. He's already quickly transitioning into. You just need to put him on television, and you'll sell some tickets. He is the co-headliner. Yeah, is what he is. He's the he's the guy. He's the B show headliner. He's. It sounds weird. But I would, he's. I would say what it is is if you watch like a UFC pay per view, I find now because it's becoming a very popular sport. There's the like match that. People like me be like, oh, I know who John Jones is. But then there's the match that's like two down that my friends who actually love the UFC are like, I want to watch that. And that's what Roddy Piper sort of became very quickly. 
he very quickly became the old guy spot where it's like, oh, you want to see Floyd Mather with Conor McGregor? Well, Sugar Shane Moses is also on the card. Remember that guy? He's going to beat up somebody. You know? You just need somebody and he'll make them. And he's really set himself apart. This is also a time when he was de- he's basically decided, like, I'm tired of being a manager and I need to be taken seriously. And what they would do is every territory basically had a guy named Mad Dog yeah. and Roddy Piper... That's how he would turn face. His Mad Dog would do something crazy, or he would come in and fa- he was a believable. He was a believable foil for anybody, which is really crazy given his size. Like he was even like Andre the Giant loved wrestling him because he was like, "You're the only small guy who I can believably have a match against." Because he would just be like, <laughs> Andre would go for a choke. Eyes, 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 yeah. eyes, nuts, nuts, eyes, nuts. Um, and it's also one of those things where he also was legitimately in the extracurricular times, where because wrestling at this time was basically pirates in a town, and they would. Yes. Have- Competit- yeah, yeah, I'm putting the mic towards my face. Um, <laughs> they would have competitions of who can drink more. And the yeah. most famous one was between the Purple Haze, who it's now come to light, was like, oh, he's just a crackhead we found. Uh, versus Roddy Piper and him and Piper had a drink-off. Now, it's still disputed on who won, but Ric Flair claims that, well, they, they both drank all of the Crown Royal we bought, and I could only assume that that is what I would describe as a needless amount of Crown Royal. Yeah. And that... Mark, uh, the Purple Haze was um, carried out, and Rowdy Piper walked upstairs and went to bed. And that that proves that Rowdy Piper is more of a man than the Purple Haze. Keep in mind, it's not good when you beat a crackhead in a drinking contest. (laughs) Well, it's also, it says a lot about your drinking habits when Ric Flair just watches. (laughs) (laughs) When Ric Flair's like, no, thank you. No, I have a lot of substance abuse problems, but this is not one of them. So... This is Georgia Championship Wrestling. This is he comes in as what some people credit as the first color commentator. Because or this is heel where, color commentator. This is where he comes in and he's doing the thing in the and tuxedo it makes with sense. the kilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense because what he does is he comes in as a, just a straight color commentator. This is Roddy Piper, professional wrestler. He's our color commentator. And for co- and for most weeks he's just a straight color commentator and then he slowly slowly starts kind of digging into certain wrestlers you know uh one in particular who the fuck was it this is also by the way uh what really gave him credence with the nwa is because every single promoter loved this yeah way of introducing a wrestler because it was a new way to get someone over quickly it also meant that you didn't have to pay him for all the other loops you could just pay him for one town for a while before you then had to put him on the loop which they were all looking for because they were all rich sketchy men (laughs) yeah exactly What's that? I can bilk you out of physically harming your body by paying you so much less? Great. <laughs> and the other thing is, the NWA, keep this in mind when everyone's like, oh, the territories were great and blah, blah, blah. Why aren't the territories around? Which a lot of what old guys say. They legitimately modeled the NWA after the mafia. Yeah. That's how the NWA was. They were like, these mafia guys have a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as the mafia and the Veloci papers came out, they were like, wait a minute, what? Why were we doing this? It's great. Great idea. Yeah. So he starts basically he starts picking at Bullet Brock. And by Armstrong. the way, if you don't believe me, Jim Ross tells the story of when Vince was doing the expansion and he was taking a shit during the NWA conference because he was Bill Watts' second. So you'd bring another guy yeah. who'd be your runner during the conference who wasn't allowed in the main meeting. Jim Ross was taking a shit and he's like, I'm not sure which he's like he won't ever say which two um promoters it was, but two promoters were just washing their hands and they just went, We could just kill him. 
Yeah. And they were like, uh oh. And he just, apparently, he's just like, he's like, I just put my feet up. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So, and that's the other thing about introducing a guy this way is he gradually becomes a wrestler. And then when you want to turn him face, Don Morocco goes after Gordon Soley and keeping in line that he has been a color commentator, a heel color commentator, and. Heel color commentators have this thing, obviously you all know it, where it's like, that's the way they turn faces. Someone attacks the old man that does play-by-play, was which the, is weird because... Was the reason why Don Morocco attacked Gordon Soley is because he just wanted to see if that guy's voice would change in fucking vocal tone at all? Yeah. Oh no, I'm being attacked. Oh, this is trouble. Better light a cigarette and drink more vodka. <laughs> I dropped my cigarette. No, I picked it up again. Not bothered. <laughs> would anyone like to hear about how the NFL is definitely rigged? that's so funny well wrestling's fake so it's all fake as we all know boxing is also not real so this is a major turning point this is why he goes to puerto rico is this is a time before google maps everybody so he just takes a left when he should have taken a right and doesn't show up for a match (laughs) (laughs) and everyone blackballs him which is like insane yeah they're like oh you are great but you didn't show up once fuck you yeah Oh, you didn't. You don't know how wor- roads work. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, the Georgia Championship Wrestling stuff. Um, this is like leading into him being on the first Starcade. So the first Starcade is another dog collar match with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah. Where gimmick the chain? No. Instead, Greg the Hammer Valentine makes Rowdy Roddy Piper deaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is another thing where... By the way, the match is an amazing match, and it's so brutal because they bleed like it's crazy. Yeah, it. some people... Cre- like they. Everyone throws around this being the first hardcore match. I mean, it's not. Like, no. Carl, Abdullah the Butcher's gimmick is very much stabbing people. Like his, yeah. His, his, Bru- his, like Bruiser Brody is just Tommy Dreamer who went to the gym. Like, <laughs> I'll throw you. Exactly. Plus a knee drop. Not Again, just carving his fucking face. It's up. very sad that Bruiser Brody was stabbed, but thank God he didn't end up in ECW. It was just an old man hitting people with his cane. Yeah, exactly. This is also the era where he does wear the white power on his shirt. He's um, very much searching. He's basically searching for some kind of identity. He goes to WWWF. Um, because he wants to work New York, which is like obviously a huge territory because it's the center of everything, and he wants in there. Even Dusty's work New York at this point, and oh yeah, because this is Dusty's first run in New York, yeah. like for the old man and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he goes in the middle of the ring with some jobber, and Piper would do this thing. You can see it in his first match in San Francisco. Was what he would do is on the bagpipes he would play um, Scotland the Brave, but he would carry. He would start knowingly playing it wrong after a couple minutes and really stretching out the bad notes and that was like his first thing he would do in a territory to get heat just to really piss people off yeah really annoy people so he comes out with his bagpipes and starts to play scotland the brave but i'm just trying to get the year he did this by the way no worries so it won't play and uh the whole reason is because freddie blassie has filled his fucking bagpipes with old wet tissues. So he ruined his bagpipes to sabotage him from coming into That's the territory fucked. because he's Freddie Blassie, right? 
Yeah, this, and and then, this was in '79. This yeah, because on his on his main, because his main uh, Freddie Blassie comes in, he's like, "Oh man, don't worry, we're not gonna rib you. We're not gonna rib you. No one wants you in this territory. You're so talented. You're so talented." And then he's like, "Oh, thanks, guys." And then obviously the old man fucks with him. So Vince he Vince Senior won't work with him. Keep in mind that Vince Senior won't work with him. Of course, he goes to Georgia, but then he's one of the linchpins of Starcade. And the other thing is, this dog collar match, they want to do a really good job, him and Valentine. Because um, Roddy Piper knew his dad, because he started wrestling when he was a fucking fetus. Yeah, and because, you know, Roddy more than likely had, like, woke up and Johnny Valentine was putting blood in his mouth and went, I got that from an AIDS patient. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> this is some of my free blood. Yeah, keep in mind, it's like, oh, I really respected Johnny Valentine. He only one time held an axe to my face and just went, <laughs> anytime I want, I get to see how you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see why you like me so much. Yeah. It's right in your brains. So Greg Valentine, he does this match, but then it, the match goes, what he said was too well, because uh, basically Jim Crockett's like, that was great. We're going to do it in 15 towns. And the sheepskin, they got a sheepskin Collar. collar yeah and apparently the rash was so bad that they both had to just get like oil like they're just covered their necks were just covered in oil with this fucking horrible rash why not just switch up the collar again i love wrestling because they won't <laughs> they pay won't. for another collar <laughs> yeah because they're like chain's expensive fuck yeah. it you, you can just you don't have to buy a new chain no you do yeah it's Carolina. They're really, really hard to find chains here. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, side note, this is when he does go on his first date with his wife, where he brought a gun on the date. A woman named Kitty, who was a, re- uh, a waitress in a diner. Yep, with oh. all the wrestlers would go. And a woman, by the way, who, I gotta say, literally is the most understanding human Must being. Must be, Yeah. Oh, Roddy likes to get into a couple beers when he's anything. Yeah. Why do you live on the top of a mountain? Was that your choice, Roddy? I say it was my choice, but it was clearly my wife going, I know how to keep this marriage alive. I'll keep him away from anyone that didn't come out of his balls or fucks him. (laughs) (laughs) No, but legit, brought a gun. Yes, no, I... Why he smoked you? weed on the way there, and then they hung out on a swing set, which sounds really nice, but he had a gun <laughs> on one pocket and a knife in the other, just in case this bitch tried some <laughs> shit. I've been hang- well, you don't know who's in the woods. I've been hanging out a lot with Johnny Valentine, and she told me that anyone who doesn't have a dick is up to no good. She could be hiding, hiding a mouse in there. <laughs> well, you're hiding a mouse in your fucking snatch, and I know it. Um, it's also this is the time by the way how he gets out of Puerto Rico is Jim Barnett if yeah all the predatory gay men in wrestling in this time yeah he's the best one yeah exactly sees him again and is like oh my boy <laughs> and then brings him back in that leads to the whole Greg the Hammer Valentine sort of stuff it's slowly building up Vince now actually gets a lot of credence because Ole Anderson gets into a huge fight with Jim Barnett Barnett to fuck just to fuck oh, but keep in mind it's now they can now figure out the entire reason why Vince McMahon was able to get the Superstation on TBS, the access to all those other wrestlers through that, was because Ole Anderson got Jim Barnett fired because Jim Barnett was using an expense account from TBS to pay for his apartment. Yeah. Jim Barnett then went and worked for Vince, knew everyone in every syndicator market because of all of his different times moving around the earth mm-hmm. to build up wrestling. 
handed all that information over to Vince, allowed Vince to purchase Georgia Championship Wrestling to go on the TBS Superstation, so he was on both of the big cable companies in 1983-84, mm-hmm. forcing Jim uh, Crockett to pay a million dollars to get the contract so he could do WrestleMania was just so Jim Barnett could fuck Ole Anderson. That's crazy. It's the whole reason. This is also the weird thing where Ole Anderson... Like, Piper hated Ole Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. But Ole Anderson really helped his career because the whole reason the dog collar match happened and all that stuff is Piper, like anybody, wanted to be as good at everything as everyone. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, all right, so this is the first round of Flair versus Steamboat, and Flair and Steamboat are doing, like, these high-flying matches. So what he would do is... He would be booked on a house show match with Flair or Steamboat, and he would also do like high flying shit. And then Ole Anderson just lit into him and was like, "You're not. That's not you. Like you can do it. Congrats. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, stay on the fucking mat. Yeah, stay on the mat. You're a brawler. Like you're you're the guy who like fucking scratches and claws. And as a babyface, one of the first guy. I don't think one of the first guys, but certainly one of the first guys that." This early on, I saw where like he's a babyface, but he still kicks people in nuts. Like his whole career, he's like low blow, eye poke. Like it's not fun to play as Roddy Piper in video games because there's no moves. You just eye poke, groin kick, sleeper. Well, he's the last guy who got like they finally was like, oh, his finishing move is a sleeper. But they only really brought that in when it was WCW. Yeah, they only yeah they only brought that in when he was a babyface. Yeah, because. He like you watch the you watch some of his opening match. He fucking different finisher every territory he goes to. Like well, that's, in San Francisco it, was a neck breaker. But that's also the thing with territory wrestling is no one like a few guys had their big move. Yeah. But it was a variety of stuff based on the program you're in, who you're wrestling, what they need to accomplish, how you need to stay over with that crowd. Because it's also different styles worked for different places based on what they'd seen. Like the sort of famous thing is. The idea of one of the big reasons why the Freebirds got over is it was legitimately the first time that anyone had ever hit one of the Von Erics with something that wasn't a fist. Yeah. And Piper is definitely from the school of like, I don't need a finisher. His whole thing is he wins a match and then he just doesn't lose. Like he gets counted out, gets DQ, runs away, something. Which he, by the way, continues that trend throughout the rest of his career. We're, we're slowly getting now to him about to enter the Fed. Yeah. Because the thing also is, you need to come coming out of the dog collar match. All this travel, he's basically been nothing but on the road, getting the fuck kicked out of him. Because it's very, very intense, high impact wrestling. He's smashing fucking beer bottles on his head. Yeah. So he's looking for a way to slow down. Yeah. But also make a shit ton of money. He's now settled down, married, and it comes at the perfect time because Vince now starts bringing people in mm-hmm. to slowly move towards a full national expansion with the WWF. And make make this no mistake, he goes to the Fed for a myriad of reasons. Money, of course, is one of them. But the other thing is, this is the first time he gets to be the number one heel in very well marketed territory because he is a baby face in Georgia. Um, but he knows there's like Dusty's there. There's no, there's no way he's gonna be number two forever. And it's also one of those things where he's also in the Carolinas, but he's always as sort of a foil to. Other people, he's number two or three, depending on if he's a heel, because then they have yeah. Ric Flair. Exactly. No, yeah, and Flair, the entire Starcade was built around, I mean, of course, if you're listening to this, you probably know, it's a Flair for the gold, him against Harley Race. It's him against Harley Race. The, like That card, by the way, is, watching NWA stuff now is fucking amazing of just listen to the crowd reactions and how fucking into that they all are. 
Yeah. For how fucking weird it all looks. Like the cage on that match is so fucking weird. The dog collar match is so uncomfortably intense and violent. Yeah. The start of the dog collar match is they both want to go as far away from each other as possible. So they do this weird test of strength with their neck. Yeah. And then Roddy Piper grabs a link of chain and just hits Greg Valentine in the face. face with with it. It. Like, <laughs> because they are friends. So they can do. It's also the funny them. thing is whenever like Jim Cornette's like, ow, that hardcore shit you could. It's like, um, Fuck you. You Mem- you like Memphis wrestling where it's literally like J- Jerry Lawler's going to drive a motorcycle to the ring and then takes a shit on a woman. Like or the best thing of all time which we discovered during the Stasiak thing where it's like uh, <laughs> my sister I fucked your sister and now your sister wants to fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we introduce characters. Stan the man Stasiak sons here and he has an insatiable thirst for pussy. Dylan, best thing about Roddy in this era. I mean, you got to say promos. The whole thing's going to be promos. He's the best ever. He is the best ever. He is the best. Not only I not only is he he's the better than Flair because legitimately we'll get on to this in the next episode, but I even was like fuck this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Fuck it's, this guy. And the other thing is he's great too during this era more than any other because he I disagree. His promos in the early part of like Piper's Pit going into WrestleMania that's are his best work, but the weird thing is his look lines up with it. Like what I mean is like the dog collar match is when he starts doing steroids. We can just say he did steroids. He came it came out in the ninety in the trial against the Horian. He did steroids. And it's very obvious that he starts doing steroids to be taken Ser- seriously, seriously against Hulk Hogan wrestler. yeah no, and as a wrestler because you look at him against Greg the Hammer Valentine and they're both pretty big but then his natural size is way more in line with what he did in the 90s when he had long hair and he's like a he's just a thin guy he's just a, like and not a thin guy like he's a thin guy he's a big person but he's like naturally not that big and it's this weird thing where him as a kid, also you can see why he drew so much ire because it's like this fast-talking, shitty, racist kid. And he legit, even though his upbringing is essentially like, I was born in a field where there was only weed and one guy wanted to steal it from me. His He looks like a shitty kid. He looks like a shitty, racist fucking kid with a with a spoon in his mouth. He's got, he's Just a- say it. He looks like someone from Saskatchewan. <laughs> He's very much playing a guy from... He is the most true Canadian character ever in wrestling, I will say this, because he all is all about his roots, even though he's very clearly Canadian. Canadians have this weird thing, or even... Yeah. They'll ask you what your background is, because no one wants just to be Canadian. And it's... You're only, I'm cured of it because I moved over here, and I'm yeah. like... No, I'm a Canadian person. Yeah, you're you're you you say you're something else other than Canadian if you only live in Canada, and then if you move, yeah, to another place, you get so frustrated with every other nationality yeah. <laughs> and their weird schisms because they're not exactly you. Correct. I'm a racist now. <laughs> we all know that. I am completely agree. His best thing by a fucking country mile is his promos. His yeah. wor- worst thing, and this is actually very hard. I would say. Uh, I don't even know. I, it's really fucking difficult. It goes in with promos, but I mean, I don't know, man. Race baiting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's why he's better. It sounds weird, but it's why he's better than Flair is because it says a lot about someone. Their, their, their character is, I am a racist. I do not like the nearest net. I don't like the prevailing nationality in this area. What's the worst thing about Roddy Piper, John? I'd say his, his childhood ruined him. He yep. can't function as a normal person. 
He's literally abused by all these people, and he tells it like fun stories. It's like, oh, and then there was the time Pat Patterson just lured me into an alley, and everyone's just like, oh my god, this poor man. But that's a lot of what life was back Absolutely. then. Is, is people just not cluing in, like, oh, he's just being friendly, putting his mouth where I pee. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, 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 no. that in again. Yeah, but that's like it. Most people don't. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get real dark with uh, all this, but yeah. So that was a bad one. That was a that was a bad thing. I think the worst. Yeah, his worst thing is his dad. Uh, his dad is a terrible man. I don't think his dad was a terrible man. He's just like, I don't understand it, and I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you. Just yeah, kinda like my son. My son. Uh, my son lived different than me, which means. Uh, no, no, I don't want. I don't want you to uh, live different than me. Yeah, so you why? Are, what why, you're doing doesn't count. Why aren't you just a smaller version of me, Rodney? <laughs> Next week we get into the first Fed run. Things to look forward to: all the times he got drunk with Don Morocco. Yep. The amount of times the NYPD had to tell him to cool it because people were coming to kill him. Yeah. The fact that because of that. He became very good friends with Jimmy Kimmel. Because, think of this. Um, the reason why Roddy Piper is so worried about being stabbed throughout his career is because from the first... He started wrestling in 69 and stopped heel in 87, really. So that's 18 years. Subtract like three or four... 14 years of this man's life, 13, 14 years of this man's life was legitimately trying to be stabbed. <laughs> he was, he was like, uh, oh, what, um, what do you, uh, what do you have an idea for a promo? Oh, just make him attack me. Okay. You want to sell out? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go down to Martin Luther King Avenue and I'm going to call them all crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> no, but legit, he just yes. had no fear, man. He had no fear. Uh, I would say it's even worse. It's not that he had no fear. It's that he knew what he was doing, and he was just like, why am I afraid? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. A stranger stabbed me? My dad used to get drunk and wake me up in the middle of the night and just show me a bullet and went, I called this one my son. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I just want to do a quick thing before we end the episode. Uh, When I say he did steroids, no malice there. Everyone did steroids, and- the fact that he got that big that quickly, like basically added 30 pounds of muscle, means that the man was trying very hard. It's just that steroids help you. Yeah, you don't like people who look better than you, Dylan. I know it's weird. No one looks better than me, so I'm friends with everybody. <laughs> Good point. Also, highlights of this episode, the discovery that Gene Oakland is a predatorial serial killer. We touched on it before, but we hadn't explicitly <laughs> said that he's a serial killer. My hunting ground. <laughs> Close personal friend of mine. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> also, at the end of every one of these episodes, I'm just going to cram it with Piper promos because they are perfect. Oh. So we're going to hear a bunch of stuff from... I'm going to try and do one from every era. Next, next I'm gonna week... I'm going to try and do one from every territory. Sorry. Next week you so have... You're going to hear California, you're going to hear Georgia, and you're going to hear um, one from Portland. And the next week, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of next week's episode, you will hear the first Piper's Pit, which is... Everything he's learned in this episode perfectly encapsulated in a little time capsule because he's speaking to a man from Mexico who claims to be from Cleveland, Ohio. 
perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. All right, so that's this is episode one of Roddy Piper. And Go buy tickets to our Edinburgh shows. You don't need to be in Scotland. Just sell out those shows. Um, yeah, please, please help us pay for our stuff. And uh, also, yeah, so this was up until Georgia Championship Wrestling, obviously. Um, so it's not, span on this one was 1969 to 1983. And now we're going to do 1983, 84, uh, basically the first WrestleMania up until he, the first, uh, the first, up until they live. All right. right. We love you. Bye-bye. Hector Guerrero, I have fought your brother, I have fought your father, I have fought your mother, I have fought everybody in your family, Hector Guerrero. But I am still here, Hector Guerrero. But I'll tell you one thing. We have a contest that is not only going to be a contest, Hector Guerrero, it is going to be a bloodbath, Hector Guerrero, because you have been a bigger pain in my side, Hector Guerrero, than any one of the stinking Guerreros. And let me tell you something. I ain't going to go for it lightly, Hector Guerrero, because you know who I am. You sitting at home with your fat bellies and your construction boats, drinking your beer. You know who I am. You know that I am one of the finest athletes in the world today. And Hector Guerrero, you are going to find out just how fine I am, brother, while all you are out there are laughing at and joking at the lean, mean machine, brother. I'm going to be in there with you, a-smoking and a-poking, brother. I, I, I'm almost at a loss for words here, but a very special announcement, as David, as you said, because you want to you want to do it, David, right here. I think he, he wants to do it. I you want to do it. Very, Roddy Piper. Some very disheartening news. Ladies and gentlemen, King Richard, the legend, is dead. <laughs> and I'm the one <laughs> that finished him off. You see, you see, all this time, I've been sitting here listening to Rick Flair talking about me, telling how skinny I am, how my skinny little arms are, and he's like, oh, oh, I guess he's like, oh, oh. All of a sudden, I don't hear no, oh, oh. I don't see nobody walking around anymore. All of a sudden, I don't see nobody having no fun anymore from Ric Flair. And you want to know why? <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> this is why you see it, folks. I am the new United States champion. Now, hold on. I am Ric Flair. You see, I know you're out there on the monitor for big tears in your eyes. Your nose is running. He's probably drowning from the size of his nose running. I have a little present for you, Ric Flair. So I'd like you to come on out here because you got nothing anyway. I thought out of the goodness, just the mercy of my heart, I thought I would wrap this little present up for you, seeing as I am the champion, and I would give you this tiny present. Because after all, you said I was a woman, and I would like to know how did it feel to get TV by a woman, Flair? You see, the problem is... Oh, oh here comes Rick yeah. Here comes the Slim Whitman of wrestling. Oh, oh. listen, uh, Mr. Flair. Uh, I do not want any trouble out of you two, you understand? Oh, no, 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 no. 
First of all, let me say one thing. I'm a professional athlete. <laughs> You've known me for a long time. And any plans I have for him will take place right over there in some arena in the United States or Canada. Well, let me Enjoy tell you something. Yourself. Let me tell you something, Mr. Mr. Rick Flair, the uh, May West of wrestling. <laughs> I have a little something for you here, you see. I have a little present just to show you that I'm really a wonderful guy. Here's just a little something that I have had for a long time that I know you could never have, and I would just like you to have it. Just a little something from me to you, Mr. Flair, and it really is my pleasure. <laughs> Go ahead and open it. I know, you see, it's just something that I've prized for a long time, and I know, Rick, that you never could have one, and I would like you to have one. Because I'm watching like Santa Claus. There it is. I'm going to give him the NWA TV belt because you wouldn't get it no other way. See, I'm one guy that's just getting a little sick and tired of looking for the mad dog. I've been watching people, watching, talking about me, talking about the mad dog scene. There's a couple of crazy people around. I ain't crazy. I ain't go around eating right because I don't have to prove nothing like that. I've seen them jumping in creeks. I've been looking all around for the mad dog, but I can't find me no mad dog. You see, I want the mad dog because I got a little present for him. Supposed to be tough in Atlanta, going around telling all the things he can do. Well, I've got something for you to do. I've got me here, a 12-foot truck pulling chain. Ain't afraid of nothing. I got me some straps, dog collars. Went down to the pit bull factory, got them made up myself. What we're going to do, you see, Sawyer, is we're going to put these dog collars around our necks. Got to have a good, strong, solid neck for that because someone's going to get their neck busted in this. This is the most dangerous man ever came up in the history of wrestling, you see. And I ain't one to fool you think you can hurt me. You're trying to impress people by drinking eggs, by busting the glass. You see, when I bust glass, I do a right job. You see, I've been in bar rooms myself. I don't drink, but I've been in bar rooms. You see the movies, John Wayne, big time, taking bars and boom, bashing bottles over people's heads, and down they go. You think you can hurt me, Sawyer? Just check it out for one second. yourself the mad dog. Mister, I'm coming to fight. Buzz Sawyer, rest in peace. I'm coming to do something about it. By the time I'm finished with you, Sawyer, this is exactly what you'll look like. Here is the mad dog, Buzz Sawyer. We'll see you very, very soon.